Good morning, and welcome to the prayer garden this Sunday morning. I hope you're all well. So this morning I've chosen what I call my hope scriptures, and I hope that they will give you um, what you need this week. I'm going to begin with Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Romans 11.1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Psalm 139.12. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is light to you. And finally, Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. So now that we've heard these scriptures, I want to invite you right now to take a quiet moment to open your heart so that you can receive whatever you need this day from God. Let's have a quiet moment. Holy and loving God, we ask for your holy presence with us now to give us the grace and the peace and the open heart to make our way forward. We love and we trust in you, God. Amen. So the highlight of the third grade at my children's school is the vocabulary parade. This year, my nine-year-old daughter, Rose, participated in a virtual vocabulary parade. So her word was gourmandize, and that's spelled G-O-R-M-A-N-D-I-Z-E. The definition for gourmandize is a connoisseur of fine foods. So Rose set up the Mason Cafe in our kitchen. She dressed up in her chef's hat and her apron, and I filmed her serving our golden retriever, Teton, a white dinner napkin tied around his neck, peanut butter dog treats from a fancy silver platter. It was really cute and a much needed comedic relief in quarantine. Well, in this spirit, today I would like to offer up a word that has been on my mind lately. Well, it's an easy word to spell, but it requires some soul searching to glean its meaning and how it plays out in our daily lives. My word is faith, F-A-I-T-H. It's especially pertinent right now as we've all been awakened to the uncomfortable reality that we are not in control. We live a very fragile existence. We have no idea what tomorrow holds. Like me, have you found yourself calling out to the cosmos, what next? Tornadoes and a worldwide pandemic, racial injustice, political discord, financial insecurity, cancer everywhere, just the regular hiccups that come with being human and in relationship 
with other human beings, all of it threatening to upset our equilibrium and our peace. Recently, someone I admire said, my faith is saving me right now. Well, I'll tell you, an alarm resounded in me. Is my faith saving me right now? Whew. Quarantine has certainly given me ample time to reflect on my own definition of faith and how it plays out in my life. Well, spoiler alert, there is not a one-size-fits-all definition in Webster's Dictionary because faith is mysterious and ever-evolving and truly personal. But my efforts are not in vain because I sense that faith is something we will spend our entire earthly lives working out, or better said, living into the definition. Faith begins with a twinkling suspicion deep within us that there is more here than meets the eye. It's a creative and redemptive presence that is in charge, a wondrous spiritual reality that permeates everything. Even with leaps and bounds in scientific advancement, there's still no tangible proof of its existence nor its power. Even our clever imagination struggles to fully grasp it. But our souls just know it. Kahil Gibran said, faith is a knowledge within the heart beyond the reach of proof. It is experienced as a longing for something more. I'm convinced it's a longing for the eternal while we are sojourned in the temporal. Sadly, sometimes we ignore it or the secular world silences it or we lose our courage in times like this to trust it. In praxis, faith is a disciplined effort to connect with that which is larger than ourselves, our circumstances, our fears, our mortality, and find grounding and peace for our souls in their short stay here on earth. Faith as I understand it is a personal and intimate relationship between my soul and God, a love pact, if you will, that invariably informs who I am how I move in the world, and how I love. The largeness of my faith depends entirely on the degree in which I trust God. And that changes. At its best, faith infuses me with the peace I need, you need, to handle life's fragility and its daily defeats. It calls forth the best in us, and it sets us on a trajectory to live a life that is full and deep and sacred. The challenge is how to keep the faith when we don't know up from down. The corset of worry tightens around our spirits, and we are genuinely afraid of what tomorrow holds. On the road to Damascus, Paul walked smack dab into God's mystical force field. It took him by such surprise that it temporarily blinded him. Well, I think it was God's way of saying to God and to us, 
Your eyes must play second fiddle to your heart when it comes to all things God and the sacred. So my spirit has always been drawn to Paul's two-part definition of Christian faith found in Hebrews. Paul believed faith was the assurance of what we all deeply hope for, and that is perfect love, an endless mercy, its healing and wholeness, redemption and everlasting life. All the things that this world has no power or authority to give us. Next, Paul says, faith is a certainty of what we cannot see. Paul was well aware that not all of us would get a blinding Damascus epiphany or be invited to touch Jesus' wounds like Thomas. But he also knew we needed faith like we need oxygen if we are gonna not only endure, but prevail in this life. So we have to figure out how to trust what we cannot see. The moment Paul trusted God and he commended his spirit to the miraculous, he began to see the world as God sees the world, so full of possibility and beauty and redemption and especially hope. Paul's life took on great import, and best of all, he found peace. This is the mysterium tremendum of faith, and God is offering us in this moment and every moment. The kicker is faith is just not a Sunday afternoon walk in the park. Jesus' words to his disciple Thomas, blessed are those that have not seen and yet believe, exposes the great spiritual challenge of faith. Faith hinges on trust. And I confess, I struggle with that. Street smarts tell us not to trust something or someone without proof of worth. Our intellects like black and white data, the hypothesis to be solved nice and neat. The reality is, most of us struggle to keep the faith, especially during a pandemic with no end in sight. And it feels like God is like Elvis and he's left the building. I've misplaced my faith as many times as I've found it. It was a relief to me years ago when I read Mother Teresa's surprising confession of long life bouts of doubt in her book, Come Be the Light. For years, she prayed to what felt like a black void, and she received no assurance or comfort. And the poverty and the gross inequality in the slums where she worked seemed to grow worse instead of better, despite her devotion and best efforts. And yet, nevertheless, she kept the faith. This gives me hope. She didn't experience faith as rainbows and fireworks. It was often lonely determination with little reward. Anne Lamont once said, faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness, and the discomfort, and letting it be there until some light returns. Often faith is experienced as Mother Teresa's, 
an internal tug-of-war of belief and unbelief. Authentic faith includes doubt, disillusionment, and even disappointment. Mother Teresa never threw in the towel. She put one foot in front of the other, and she committed to loving God and her neighbor as best as she could. Now that is a definition of living in faith. In seasons like this with tornadoes and pandemics and killer hornets, I find myself at times secretly wondering if trusting God will be enough. There is no denying that fear and self-reliance poses the greatest threat to faith. And although it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, the secular world in which we live in thrives on keeping us in fear and then preaching to us that we can be our own saviors. Well, COVID-19 has certainly proven this to be the great lie. Authentic faith will always be plagued with doubt. We flounder. We are not God. It's the reason God gave us Jesus, to mirror how to handle the impossible challenge of being human. The choreography of one step forward in belief and two, step back, two steps back in doubt is the dance. For me, faith is not an achievement or a destination, but a lifelong discovery and falling in love with God's mind and his heart. I'm not afraid of doubt. What I am afraid of is living a lukewarm spiritual existence. Thankfully, the interior secret longing remains. It never leaves us. The soul will forever crave the transcendent, the glorious, the presence of God. So C.S. Lewis said, we must train the habit of faith. This reminds me of some hard-won wisdom I found several years ago. It was on a whitewater rafting trip down the Snake River in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. When you hit the big kahuna, dig in, paddle harder, was the sage advice from Shane, our shaggy-haired, sun-burnished adventure river guide. He knelt at the stern of our raft as we went through the class Ford rapids called the Big Kahuna. This was my first experience of whitewater rafting, and I was not prepared for the mighty thrashing beast of the Big Kahuna. Kind of like none of us were prepared for this pan pandemic. Before stepping into the six-person yellow inflatable raft, Shane explained to us all the excitement we could expect over the next two hours on the river. He enthusiastically described the assortment of wildlife, the superior heights, the speeds, and the awesome beauty of the river. While checking our life preservers, he casually mentioned that strong paddling was our best bet for staying in the boat when the raft met the challenging rapids. Staying in the boat? Oh my! Have you ever paddled through class four rapids or suffered through an illness, the loss of a loved one, a divorce, a folded dream, 
Have you looked up and seen what felt like a 10-foot wall of water on all sides of you? Have you wondered if that tiny rubber raft of you could survive whatever life was throwing your way? Shane did not know the life wisdom found in his calls from the stern of the boat. Dig in, paddle harder. Much like a river, life proves mightily unpredictable. We all know something about that, thank you COVID-19. We leisurely float, suffer some bruises, maybe a rock or tree stump temporarily blocks our passage, or even the current might take us off in a different direction that we didn't expect or desire. We pray while we're keeping our fingers tightly on that paddle, hoping nothing too grave will come and capsize the fragile raft of us. Most of us do our very best to avoid those rapids, those boisterous waves that threaten our equilibrium in body and spirit. And yet, we are human. And unfortunately, we have no real control over the flow and the direction of the river of our lives. Big kahunas are part of every story. There will be times when we have to just put our head down and keep paddling, believing smooth waters are ahead. Sometimes our tender fate seems inadequate at first to see us through life's ups and downs. We have to work at it. We have to dig in and discover our own courage, our strength, and especially our resilience. It is there. So smooth waters are very pleasant, but more than not, we find out who we truly are, who God truly is, when we have to dig in and paddle. We discover not only our sturdiness, but more importantly, the faithfulness of God. Rest assured, God did not make us too delicate. Remember what Christopher Robbins said to Winnie the Pooh. You are braver than you believe. You are stronger than you seem. And you are smarter than you think. And God never meant us to go the river alone. Not only is he with us, but he gave us each other. His only ask is to trust him and keep paddling. Faith demands grit from us and grace on God's part. Faith has to be more than a set of beliefs or spiritual prescriptions for moral living. It must be, as Paul said, how we live and move and find our being. Frederick Beekner, one of my favorites, said, when faith stops changing and growing, it falls on its feet. I think this is our work today. Faith by design is meant to expand and evolve. More than just a life preserver here on earth, but it is our ticket to living a life that is deep and full and consequential to the whole. I commend to you J.R. Tolkien's illuminating lines and our family favorite, The Lord of the Rings. The road goes ever on and on, and I must follow if I can, pursuing it with eager feet until it joins some larger way.
I don't know about you, but I yearn to find that larger way. I hold fast to what one of my professors at Divinity School defined faith as. Referencing Moses' relationship with God in the book of Exodus, where God passes by Moses and he only glimpses a faint outline of God's back. She said, faith is being content with only seeing the backside of God, but knowing and confidence that one day God will turn around and you will see him face to face and all will make perfect, beautiful sense. So I know that 2020 has given us all a run for our money. I ask you to lean into the words of Father Thomas Keating, who said, It is never too late to start the spiritual journey or start over, and it's worth starting over any number of times. So I don't know where you are today in regards to your faith journey. Maybe doubt is having its way with you. Or maybe you're just hanging on. Or maybe you found yourself in these times tucked secure under God's wing. Regardless, I think we have the opportunity to make 2020 the year our faith grew. The year our faith grew. I remind you what Paul said, wherever you are, whatever happens, regardless of life circumstances, never forget that the Spirit of God is in you. Which I, I translate it to mean, you and I are going to be more than okay. The invisible fibers of faith, stronger than spider silk, run through us. They were designed to stretch when life stretches us and proves steely in response to our fragility. So this spring, I took a senior theology course on Thomas Aquinas. So he's the 13th century philosopher, mystic theologian, and church father. And he believed faith is our superpower. But we have to pray, pray, pray for the perseverance to keep it. And that's where I find God's plan so incredibly remarkable. He gave us each other to walk the path, to discover the larger way, the promised land. Together, we help each other keep the faith. To close today, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to listen to these words. I pray they fan the light, the hope, and the Spirit of God within you so you too can take those steps towards the larger way. God has you, whatever happens. A remarkable and redemptive plan is in motion where all will come together for good. Love will prevail. Jesus is our beacon on how to live, love, die, and transcend. God gave us each other to bear the ache. Hope is real and will not disappoint. Nature is our living blueprint for what we can expect in our own lives. Resurrection. 
Your soul is eternal and it will live on. Heaven, it's within your grasp now and forevermore.